You are listening to You Heard It Here Second, episode 53. The podcast is produced every Monday night and airs every Tuesday morning. More information can be found on our website, derekandsteve.com. Okay, so here's how we're going to play. You're going to get 10 questions, and, you know, 7 out of 10 or so is good. 8 out of 10 would be great. All right, skip, you know? the, skip the crap. So, I, I got it. Derek and Steve <laughs> present... Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. What's your level of spooky that you look for on Halloween? An 8.8. I'm high spook, high spook. level. Yeah. yeah. What are That's you? That's good. I, I would say, like, maybe an 8.5. Wow. Halloween's probably the holiday I choose to make the spookiest, I think. All right. All right, so Steve, there, there you go. There was Steve on uh, Know Your Tens, another Good. edition. Well done. Yeah, Steve. pretty, pretty well done. Six for ten. That's is a not hard bad. one. We so gave that, him, a, we gave him a hard one. We did. It was pretty tough. Um, um, but he, he pulled through, and he's my best friend. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies, ladies and, and gentlemen, gentlemen, and uh, welcome, welcome to, to episode, episode fifty-three of You Heard It Here <laughs> Second. I'm Derek, alongside Steve, right alongside Steve this time as he speaks it with me. Steve, uh, you're gonna do this one soon, so keep practicing that. I will. So. We, I had a joke that I was going to try to do the intro, and I almost did it word for word, so I was going to just try to match it up with Derek's, but apparently I still need to practice. Cool. You, you, got a, you got about half of that right, so um, it's I'm Derek good, alongside Steve. Steve, how's it going? That's what you do. That's, that's about, <laughs> and that's I probably always, 65%. you say, how's it going? And I always have to have that internal debate over whether to say it's going good or going well. Or if you're going to say... That I should ask a better question. You should always ask a better right, question. Right, right. And I would say about the... 60, uh, probably 70% of the time I say, how's it going? But there there have been stretches when I've tried to change it up. Yeah, because I was like, stop asking me, right, how's it right. going? So then I would ask you, what's so, your so, favorite so, ice cream? So what's your second spookiest holiday? Oh, my second spookiest holiday. I haven't had time to think about it. Um, Arbor Day is up there. Um... That's probably it's think, probably Arbor Day. I think Day. Arbor Day is what you said during the episode when I yeah, was for listening sure. back. So yeah, well, I, I want to stay consistent. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, um, Fourth yeah. of July could be spooky. Fourth, yeah, you can make it spooky. It's nighttime holiday. Yeah, it's true. So episode fifty three. Have you heard it here? Second, <laughs> um, we are back and a little more lively this time. As you pointed out last week, we were in the morning and we were tired and it was not so lively. So. Uh, we're, we're jazzed. We're jazzed. We're jazzed up. We're jazzed up. We're so high, we're hyphy. Uh, we got four quarters today for you. Four packed up quarters. We got the BC update in quarter one, pop culture in quarter two, a special guest and a game show combined in quarter three, and then we have sports in the fourth quarter leading into our final drive. So we got it all laid out for you. We're ready to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a packed episode. Usually we say like, oh, I got a pre- quick episode for you. We're yeah, gonna speed which through, still but... ends up being an hour long. Yeah, this one's gonna be good. Jam yeah. packed. You may learn a thing or two. Yeah, you might. So I was talking to you, Derek. Right, right, and I was talking to them. So okay. I was you, you told me, and then I related to everybody else. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, first first quarter is the BC update, like we always do. And I'm going to let you kick this one off. I think we have an event <clears throat> to discuss a little bit. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Um, so <clears throat> that's a reference to um, that doctor. Uh, oh, I got to get his name now. I don't have his name. Um, but the man who will Sm- the doctor who Will Smith portrayed in Concussion. Uh, that movie about uh, CTE and, and professional football and how it affects um, professional football players. Um, that man is coming to do a lecture in um, Yaki Athletic Center. Um, that's on the 23rd, 6 p.m., uh, BC's main campus. Uh, it's just the <clears throat> Winston Center Chambers Lecture Series. Uh, so that's at 6 p.m. It's pretty cool. I never saw the movie. I kind of refused to see it. It was just like one of those things that it would hit too close to home. Like I played football my yeah. entire life and I watch football every Sunday and I know that's like 
a bad way of looking at it, but it's just something I didn't want to watch. Um, so yeah. I probably won't be attending. It's a cool guy for, for for BC to have his electric series. I'm assuming that's what he'll be talking about. Right. Um, but or, yeah, at least majority. Yeah. So that's on the 23rd, uh, 6 p.m. It's free. All you have to do is register, um, and you can find it on the BC website. There you go. So yeah, that sounds interesting. I also have not seen uh, Concussion. Um, I don't have a particular desire to see it for the same reasons you said. I didn't play football, um, but other than that so same, how can you even reasons. get a concussion then right uh, yeah exactly i'm immune to concussions if i don't play football so that's fine. true <laughs> yeah, so. football is the only source of concussions in the whole world so dr bennett omalu is his name forensic bennett pathologist omalu. who fights the national football league trying to suppress his research on chronic traumatic traumatic encephalopathy which is cte there it is there it is there it is speaking to bc if you want to go see it so that sounds like a good lecture to see, uh, particularly if you either saw concussion or you're just really interested in that whole thing. It is an interesting storyline in the NFL. Or if you're interested in getting concussions in the future. Right, right, right. If you're planning on Taking getting it a up few. as a hobby, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that's also a good thing because then that way you can understand like what you're getting yourself into yeah. and, you know. You exactly. Know, Make the decision the, with all the information right. available to you. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not you want concussions. Yeah, it's a good, exactly. That's, that's actually probably the best target audience for this is someone – Decide, deciding on the life decision of like, you know, should I try out concussions or no? Yeah. And I think this lecture will be very informative to anyone on the fence. Concussions aren't really for me, so I'm I probably going to skip it. I agree. I think I'm, for now anyway, I'm, it's not something at this stage I'm thinking about, but I mean, might be good to, to see the lecture and, and just know anyway, yeah. you know, have it in my back pocket for later. Yeah. So so that's the BC update. Um, the other, not much, not much else going on in BC sports or anything, I don't think. BC lost the bean pot last week. As we mentioned, so lost um, again to Northeastern. Did they? I didn't even see they, they did, lost yeah. today. So, BC hockey a little underwhelming this season. I mean, they're still in the you know the top fifteen or so, but they're not at the level they have been in the past uh, this year. So perhaps a little bit of a retooling year, which is very uncommon for BC hockey. Actually, I mean, they don't. It's kind of I guess we expect them every year to be a national contender, but you know every once in a while I guess you do have to retool the roster a little bit with some of these young kids. So still, uh, it says a lot that. We're in top fifteen. And we're like, ooh, it's a down yeah, year. It's, yeah, I mean, there's exactly. not a ton of good hockey teams, so yeah, top fifteen is it, is is it, it, relatively not very good. It like it's likewise to being outside the top twenty-five in other sports like football and basketball. But you know, it, at this level of success is still something we would we would gladly welcome with our football or basketball teams. Yeah, uh, even in this down year. So, um, so that's that with BC hockey, and I don't think there's anything else going on in nope. the recruiting world. Signing days already passed for BC football, so. Uh, BC basketball's cooled off. I think they kind of stink now again. So, um, <laughs> yes, they do. So that's that. Uh, any more BC events that we have upcoming? That, we'll let you know. That's the BC update for us. So brings us into the second quarter, which is pop culture, and I think the main pop culture topic is the Grammys from Sunday night. Pop uh, culture was popping this week. Yes, it was a lot of pop culture stuff. Um, so I'll let you kick it off. The Grammys. Uh, I'm going to start it off with with two things and mix it together. So Beyonce is pregnant with twins. That, unfortunately, in our day and age, is a pop culture topic. <laughs> um, she also had a very interesting performance at the Grammys. You didn't see it. I caught clips of it, heard a lot of reviews about it, and I think the nation is coming around to my point of view, and and there's a lot of people who have this point of view. Bay is not all she's cracked up to be. Beyonce is not queen. She's not that cool. She's kind of annoying, and this performance, from what I heard and saw clips, was super self-indulgent, was very ego-driven, was just 
Does that mean I got it right? No. That was a message. Um, I need to mute this notifications. Continue. Um, so anyway, that that's kind of where that came from. It was, I, I think she thinks that every, like whatever she does, everyone will love. And this was basically like, look at me. I'm having twins. I'm the only person to ever have given birth before. Um, and you're going to love my babies and you're going to love my life no matter what. So she she got on stage, didn't sing for 10 minutes, sang for one minute, and then didn't sing for another 10 minutes. It was super awkward and strange. <laughs> it was this Greek-Roman-Egyptian dance, and uh, the choreography was really cool, but overall, just a very, very weird, weird performance. <laughs> so, I, I, again, I didn't see it. I agree with your analysis. Um, I did read some reactions to Beyonce. Um, I did find one. Uh, reaction that is relatively aligned with yours from uh, El Prez of Barstool, uh, which had a headline that uh, caught my attention as being funny. So as a quick aside, um, El Prez is like the biggest LeBron James hater on earth. Like he's like even way, way more of a hater than I am. You're a big and, hater. And the uh, the headline of this, of his post is, has Beyonce, has Beyonce passed LeBron as the most insufferable D-bag on the planet? <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> um, you know, this... Uh, that's pretty hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just trying to find, there was a quote, uh, I can't find the quote, but yeah, it's very similar, uh, reaction to you, uh, just talking, you know, just basking in your own glow, pretending like you're the only human that's given birth, yeah. uh, in it's, history and, uh, not singing and just st- sitting there and making a marvel of it's it. It's just so. so weird. And then like we, we can, we're going to, we're not gonna talk about Beyonce for too long cause we're not the authority on, on Beyonce. I don't know much, but that album she released where she basically crapped on jay-z for quote-unquote cheating on her or maybe yeah. cheating on her yeah or like all this basically airing out her her family's like baggage for the whole world and, and then sticking with him and, and not saying anything about it and just kind of having twins with him and now they're big happy family again yeah i don't know it just kind of rubs me the wrong way and, and this performance didn't help and i think it was more negative for beyonce's um, image than than yeah. positive. At yeah. least that's kind of what I read. There there will be people who will throw themselves in front of a train for Beyonce. Well, exactly, and those people aren't ever going to be. They're never going to be swayed by, what by she whatever does. she does. Yeah. Everything she does is queen yeah. bee. It's amazing. So yeah. overall, I think that was a very weird performance. It was very uh, yeah. So I would and I'm agree over f- Beyonce, over yeah. her, and I think that 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 effect uh, took place for anyone who is not on the uh, team. I'll throw myself in front of a train for her if you're on team i like good music and sometimes she writes good music then you this like was her less weird. now you like her yes. less now yeah. and you like her less for, so for sure. that's um, there you go that's the other analysis. big news from the grammys not many surprises um adele's hello one best song hello it's me she made a mistake in her live performance but it was like cute because it was a george michael mm-hmm. tribute and she, she got really yeah, she got choked up and they had to redo it and everyone loves adele so she gets a pass um, Best new artist, Chance the Rapper, beats out the Chainsmokers, um, and a few other people who definitely weren't going to win. But given how many so- times I hear that freaking Chainsmokers song, <laughs> both of them that came out this yeah, year, a couple of them, was incredible. I think Chance yeah. the Rapper is huge in for for like high school students and like the MTV yeah. generation. So I can see him winning, but. Chainsmokers maybe is just a northeast it, thing. It's, but it's interesting because neither everywhere. neither of them feel like they're new. Yeah. Um. But but I I guess when you think about it, this is the 2016 
award year. And so I guess anyone who wasn't there for all of 2015 would probably count as a new artist for 2016, you know, mm -hmm. being your first full year on the scene. Because, I mean, like the Chainsmokers, that song, uh, the selfie song came out how long ago? Like the Chainsmokers, yeah. that was a huge hit for the Chainsmokers. And that was a while ago, it feels like anyway. So uh, interesting, you know, when you see the best new artist, what qualifies as being new. Neither of these two artists feel too new, but um, I guess by the standards that the awards go by, uh, first full year uh, on the awards scene in 2016. So Chance wins that. Um, and then it looks like you have a quiz here. I do. Well, it's not a quiz. It's just a, a quick question. Yeah. How many awards are given away... At the Grammys. At the Grammys. I didn't watch them, so maybe they don't all happen at one time. But how many Grammy winners are there? I'll say 30. Th You're way off. <clears throat> the correct answer. Drum roll, please. I don't have the drum roll up. Yep. 84, 84. awards. <clears throat> wow. 84. I can't even name 84 musicians. How is there even time for that in the two hours? I don't know. That so on? that's why I think, like, I'm down at 84 as best music film, and then best music video, best contemporary classical composition, <laughs> best classical compendium, <laughs> best classical solo vocal album. Like, they, they just pick, to pick you know every be, single type of you, music. You know it would be a great game? A great game. Tell me. Is naming awards, and you have to identify Gra if they are or are not. Grammy, Grammy or not. Yeah. yeah. Is All it right. a real Grammy Award or a fake Grammy I'll Award? I'll try to make one up right now. I'll think, <laughs> I'll think one off my head. All right. Best guitar solo or best historical album? Best guitar solo or one best is, historical album? One is a Grammy, album. one is not. I'm going to say that Best Historical Album is the Grammy. That's the Grammy. All right. But how stupid is that category? I know, I know. <laughs> Cutting Edge Bootleg Series 12. <laughs> Collector's Edition won that one. So perhaps we can do that, or we can make an Oscars version for Murph. Yes, we should um, make an Oscars and, version. And really go to the deep cuts of all these awards and put together, I know your tens, of 10 uh, Graham, uh, uh, Oscar or not. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do that for That's Murph. That's very easy to do. And if Murph listens, some... he'll be prepared, but... Maybe he won't There's listen. Best traditional blues album, best contemporary blues album, best folk album, <laughs> best Americana album. Because those are all different. Yeah. Those are all the same category. Yeah. American Roots song. What the heck? All right. I'm going to stop reading through them. But <laughs> anyway, there's 84. We only care about the main, the, the top few. Record of the Year, Hello by Adele. Album of the Year, 25 by Adele. Uh, song of the Year, Hello by Adele. Best New Artist Chance. Uh, best solo performance, hello. Best pop duo performance, stressed out. Twenty one pilots. They came on in their underwear. Really? Yep. Suits uh, like a tuxedo and underwear. Interesting. Um, and it was actually kind of funny though because they came on and said, "We used to sit around and watch the Grammys in our underwear with our friends." And said, "If we ever make it, we're just gonna grab the Grammy in our <laughs> underwear." And they did. And they said, "This is us telling you like you can do anything you want in this life." Like, <laughs> we were sitting in our underwear watching this a few years ago. And now we're up here in our underwear. You can do it. Yeah, that's so, a good message. It was cool. Um, other than that, there's no other real Grammy topics. There, it was kind of weird. There were some technical difficulties here and there. It was just the, the, there were a ton of performances. It was really long. I don't love the Grammys, but uh, overall, I, I think it could have gone worse. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Grammys is in the books, and the Oscars are coming up in a couple weeks. So we will be having... Uh, Murph on as we mentioned and we'll try to add in that game show for him but also we'll get his uh, predictions on yeah. the Oscars 
um, which will be coming up soon. So the Oscar special, the Oscar special. Um, so that's that for quarter number two. Anything, anything else you want to touch on in pop culture? Anything happen besides that? I think, I think we popped all the culture we needed to. Cool. Today. And there are, there are also uh, another foreshadow to a future segment. There are some conspiracy theories about Beyonce. Ooh, that's true. That we will. We actually are, are dallying with or dilly dallying with. Well, that's not the word. It's fine. I know what you mean. Okay. Mm, debating. What's the <laughs> word I'm looking for? Anyway, <clears throat> we are thinking about putting together a, uh, a well-produced segment similar to... Series of segments. Simi- similar to like a mini-series. Yeah. So you'll get like 15 minutes every day of not a story, but pieces of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll just be one of the quarters. That's that's still in the work, so we'll, we'll follow up with that. But um, we want to get this a bit more produced and... and yeah, uh, get the people so, really listening to every episode. Yeah, so no promise on it, but um, we're no planning, we're hoping, Never. We're hoping to do it. We're hoping to do it um, with uh, a new content um, creator that we have been put in touch with, uh, who also has theories about Beyonce conspiracy theories. So it could be a conspiracy theory segment, which would also yeah, be great, which could carry over past the initial um, segment. But anyways, we'll we'll talk to that later. Uh, so that's it for pop culture. Brings us to. Quarter number three. I know that we've flown uh, to quarter number three, but the bulk of the show is in three and four here. So uh, quarter number three, we have a special guest. Special guest. All right. Welcome to the show, Ty Trainer. Ty, how are you doing? I'm feeling f- awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're starting off hot. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll, yeah, man. We'll bleep those out so you can curse as much as you want, um, but then Derek will have to edit it after. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Uh, I'm actually you guys do a lot of editing anyway, so kind of like being <laughs> my Instagram, so we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. So, Ty, we actually just finished um, our pop culture segment, so I'll, quickly, I just have a question for you before we get into why we're, why you're a guest today, but um, what are your yeah. quick thoughts on Beyonce? Just overall thoughts, hit us. Oh, man, <laughs> quick thoughts. I don't think I have a single quick thought on Beyonce, <laughs> because That's a good point. in my life, I've never had a god or deity-like figure, but then Beyonce came along, you know? she's. I think, like, the way she was dressed last night just kind of attests to that, too. Like, she was the modern Virgin Mary. The modern, black, pregnant Virgin Mary. So, yeah, that was her. I don't know if you felt like she was wearing last night, but yeah. We, kind of like a little sacrilege. Sorry for our religious listeners out there, but she's a queen. She's a queen bee, and it's just undisputed. Like, she is sort of that iconic music figure of our generation. I think it's so cool that we get to see this Wow, uh, kind of taking place. You that, know, that's so, some good yeah. praise. That that is almost the exact opposite of the, <laughs> the feelings we had. But uh, we'll let. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll, Great, we'll live in a variety. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we'll let you listen to that um, tomorrow when you listen to the podcast. But um, the real reason we have you on, we have a game show, and uh, we want to ask you a few quick questions. One, because you are our only, or at least my only, vegan friend. That uh, is right. That is right. So we're going to ask you a few wow, questions, wow. just kind of what we yeah. thought people would be interested in, and um, then we'll spitball you being vegan. Yeah. All right. So so first question we have, what is vegan, and uh, what made you want to become a vegan? Yeah, that is probably the question I hear the most, other than vegan. <laughs> um, so a vegan is... You know, by definition, anyone that doesn't partake in the consumption, and this is capital C consumption, right? Uh, mm. Which includes like dietary or actually just um, consumption in terms of like purchasing, right? So, like wearing any like... animal product. Yeah, exactly. Like right. wearing. So, 
So, for example, I don't eat eggs, I don't drink milk or eat cheese or yogurt or any dairy products, and I also don't eat any honey. That surprises a lot of people, actually. Um, And then also, um, I try my absolute best to avoid leather and fur and feathers and fins and all the good stuff that you have to, you know, slice off an animal to get. So, yeah. Huh. And I think the second question was, why did I decide to do it? So, this is also a great question. (laughs) Um... I was a vegetarian for 12 years, so it's always kind of been in my vocabulary and in the Neapolis, but this has just always been like a kind of lifestyle for me, life being the operative word, because it's been like half of it at this point, wow. yeah. <laughs> and so this just kind of seems like the next uh, logical step, you know? Kind of so- like some people try and grow like in their professions, or they try and grow like in their spirituality or whatever. Uh, for me, just, you know, kind of being vegan and letting go of, like, everything else that was sort of tying me to the systems that I kind of feel a little unjust in our world, I kind of felt like, you know, that was just the next step, and it was just, like, my role, the part I can play, well, you know? Well, two yeah. follow-up questions to that. The first one is, yeah. what made you become a vegetarian? Because I know, is because for a lot of people, I was doing some research, it's like a, it's one specific show or one specific documentary that they watch. Well, yeah. So, like, yeah. what what was like the trigger? A lot trigger? of people watch like Food Inc. or they watch some like like crazy sh- from PETA, where like animals are getting like, which is real, by the way. It's yeah. like important to like acknowledge that happens. But <laughs> yeah. no, I was twelve, and my brother, who you know, at the time, twelve year old, he's twelve years older than I am, and he was like wow. the coolest, of the cool back in the day. You know what I mean? Not to say he's not right now. Shout out to you, Maddie. <laughs> but um, he's just like got like a big beard. He just like always listens to the coolest music. He just like you know he was just like the cool the cool kid. Got it. Letter K. And he was a vegetarian because his girlfriend at the time, now my sister in law, oh. was also vegetarian. And so she was like, "Hey, hi, blah blah blah." Whenever my parents passed me off to them, you know, to kind of hang out with them, for them to watch me, uh, I got to you know, kind of experienced vegetarianism with them, and I thought it was cool, and it was fun, and they showed me that animals are, you know, for example, I think Dory says it the best. Fish are, for, fish are friends, not food. There you go. <laughs> almost missed it. I almost missed you that did. one, but <laughs> in that case, animals are friends, not food in this case. Nice. So, so, yeah. So you said that it's like a natural, the next natural step. Is there another step beyond veganism? I know you go from, like, vegetarian to veganism to maybe – Maybe like only eating yeah. vegan to, to not wearing any animal products. Is there a nu- is there a next step? Can you get even more? Yeah, uh-huh, definitely. So extreme is what you're saying. Yeah. So my next step is actually just to turn into a plant. At the <laughs> so um, <laughs> no, I think that this is probably like the zenith of my um, vegetarian awakening, if you will. That's sort of like this is like the zen. And what's important to understand too is that like. And I think a lot of people forget about this, is it's kind of like a process. You know, it's like an everyday thing. You know, sometimes I'll buy something at the store and I'll be munching on it and I'll look in the bag and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. it has X ingredients in it or it has like eggs in it or it has a surprise milk ingredient in it. And these are things you like wouldn't even imagine. Yeah. So this is a process, you know, it's like every day or I buy something and I realize it has like left. You know, so yeah. again, it's, it's more of a process rather than like a cut and dry black or white issue for me. So yeah, definitely. Cool. So uh, you want to get into the game show? You want to do the game show? Let's do it. Let's... I'm a little nervous about this because <laughs> I don't really know that much about celebrities. Um, so <laughs> I'm hoping that I can just feel their vegan vibe yeah. through the nebula. So yeah. I, gave, okay, I gave Ty a hint. Um, it would be uh, some sort of mix between pop culture and celebrities and, and <laughs> movies and 
veganism. So, okay. Ty, we're, you're playing. So we usually do a game show that's called uh, Know Your Tens, but today you're playing Who Done Did It. So you're going to have to name. Who Done Did It. That, okay. is, that is correct. <laughs> so Who Done Did It. So you have to name these famous vegans uh, right after the game show song. Okay. Excellent. All right, so that song obviously signifies that we have another edition of Who Done Did It here. So that's refreshing to hear that <laughs> not song. Pic- because not pictured with me dancing. <laughs> <the song>, actually, <laughs> um, all right, I'll let I'll let Derek kick it off. So the idea is we're going to give you. We have seven celebrities here. Your your category is famous vegans. Um, so seven celebrities, se- seven celebrities or uh, music artists. Um, we're gonna Myself tell. Obviously excluded from the list. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. You're not super <laughs> famous okay, yet, uh, but we will give you some clues. You have to try to name the person. You'll hear uh, the ding for correct and the uh, buzzer for no, and I'll keep track. So whether you're one for seven, two for seven, three for seven, whatever. So <laughs> okay. Uh, one for right. seven. There we go. <laughs> whether you're zero for seven. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So here, here is your first one. Number one. Okay. Not only has this person been a vegan since age three but he's also responsible for converting another celebrity uh, and many of, uh, of others over to veganism with his powerful narr- narration of the documentary film Earthlings. Earthlings narration. And I'm going oh, I'm, I'm to give you a hint. I'm going to use what we stopped as the hint. So in case you need Am I going to be embarrassed? Okay, here we go. What's the hint? Um, he was responsible for converting Ellen DeGeneres to veganism. He was responsible for converting Ellen. Oh man, I thought Ellen was like the the, the hallmark. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, we're going way back. Okay. Good thinking. Is it like? Oh my god. The only thing I can think of is for narrator is like Morgan Freeman, but I feel like that's not right. <laughs> Final guess, Morgan Freeman. Final guess, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Can I see Morgan Freeman? No lock on Morgan Freeman. Number, the answer is Joaquin, is Joaquin Phoenix. It's Joaquin Phoenix. Wait, host? He's, oh, he was a narrator of, yeah. of Earthlings. Okay, I get yeah. it. I didn't know that. I also didn't see that movie. Un, so you're 0 for 1, Ty. <laughs> All right. 0 for 1. That's okay, that's okay. Second one here. Shake it off. This actor has been vegan since his mid-20s. He was named okay. PETA's sexiest vegan in 2012. Longtime vegan and raw food advocate. He was also a star in Zombieland, Natural Born Killers, True Detective, Cheers, and White Men Can't Jump. And he's an outspoken environmentalist and passionate hemp activist. Hemp activist? Cheers, you said? He was in Cheers, Natural Born Killers, Zombieland, True Detective, and White Men Can't Jump. Oh my god. <laughs> you got that's a those are some good hints. Yeah, wait, is there another hint, or is that, like, just the hint? I think that's a lot of good hints. <laughs> okay, um... He's also in a, he's also in a movie we just Cheers. watched called Edge of Seventeen. Edge of Seventeen? Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a newer movie. Um, okay, I'm gonna take a guess here, but I have a feeling it's wrong. Okay. Is it... Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson. Can I see Woody Harrelson? Correct. Oh my 
<laughs> nice job. The only character I know from Tears. There you okay, go. This is way harder than I thought it was going to be for the record. <laughs> when Steven told me about this, I think, he think, I think he thought I did some research or something like during work, hey, but dude, I didn't. Ty, you're, you're okay. one for two, man. That's not too bad. That's not too hard. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Number three. Loki sweating. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Number three. This singer has been vegan since 2014 and says that her pet fish and pig inspired her to make the switch. Quote, I realize these are intelligent animals, she told Jimmy Fallon. Her pig is also vegan. Yeah, I, okay, the pig is vegan. That's fine. So is the fish. Cool. They convinced her. Since 2014, you say? Since 2014. Yep, the singer. The singer. Okay, excellent hint. Um, is it Miley Cyrus? Miley Cyrus? No, nope, it's not Miley Cyrus. Not, that's, not that's, not my, that's not my last guess. I okay. think it's Ariana Grande, actually. Ariana Grande. Final answer, Ariana Grande? Yeah. All right, let me see Ariana Grande. <clears throat> Incorrect. It's Miley, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it was Miley. For some reason, I thought that Ariana had a pig pet. She just seems like quirky enough to have one, but now she I does. think about it for real. For like, the, for the Miley record. Cyrus. Like absolutely has a thing. Damn it! <laughs> For the record, Ariana Grande is a vegan. I saw that, so that's that's a good guess. I know, guess. I know, I know. Okay, dang. Okay, well, I was in the same vein, same kind of like yep. age group. Yeah, okay. that was close. Okay. All right, feeling so good, feeling great. Still one for three now. All right, so number four. This actor credits Hunger Games co-star Woody Harrelson with opening him uh, up to veganism. He said, "Quote: I have a lot of friends who are vegan." Woody Harrelson actually was the one, the, one of the original reasons I became vegan because he's a vegan for, I don't know, 30 years or something. So this uh, Hunger Games actor was turned vegan by Woody Harrelson. Okay. Hunger Games actor turned vegan by Woody Harrelson. And I have a hint. I'm going to... If you need it. Yeah. One more hit because... This might give it like away. Is he like a main actor in this movie or is he just kind of like, an, like a like a B-list actor of this movie? Where he, is he at? He is, I think... He's... I would I would classify a, him as a main actor. He's like a... Almost a he's main actor. He's not a D-list actor in this movie. Yes. Okay. Um, Is it Liam Hemsworth? Liam Hemsworth. Can I see Liam Hemsworth? Correct. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Here we <laughs> back, go. Back All on right, track. Let's do two, it. two for four. So, question: Is Liam Hemsworth dating Miley Cyrus, or is that a different Hemsworth? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. You're asking the absolute wrong person. But I know <laughs> they had like a thing, and then she cried about it while she was singing, and it was like this emotional, yeah, wrecking <laughs> oh, ball, man. Oh, am I, am I asking the wrong person, Ty? <laughs> <laughs> If it's a vegan sled, I'm more interested. <laughs> this, this next one's hard, but I'll let Derek do it. All right, number five. Okay. This rapper, vegan for over a year, decided to go vegan because, quote, I didn't want to get fat. When asked if his fellow musicians teased him about his veganism, the rapper responded that they did not, before adding that, quote, they all tried to jump on that vegan wave. In addition to promoting the release of his new album, he is currently working on a line of vegan marijuana-laced granola. <laughs> First of all, I want to try that. <laughs> Second of all, um, oh man. Okay, so uh, I'll, what if? Yeah, what if we got like one more hint? Maybe, I, like, I have a decent hint. He made a YouTube video making vegan blueberry muffins as his coming out as vegan party. It was like, 
Hey everyone, I'm vegan. Here's vegan blueberry muffins, and it's one of the funniest YouTube videos I've ever watched in my life. Is he kind of like a classic rapper? Like he's like he's been around, like he's been around the block for a while. Mm, I wouldn't say classic, but definitely he. I'll say this: he raps really hard. Is that a good description, Derek? Yeah, I'll yeah. say so. Oh, he raps hard. Oh, yeah. shit. okay. Um, <laughs> he raps pretty angry, but he's kind of funny in real life. Angry. Oh man. And he's got is a nick. He's got a nickname, so it's not a, just a rapper. Yeah. yeah. Is it ASAP Rocky? Randomly. ASAP Rocky. Can I see ASAP Rocky? <laughs> Incorrect. Dang it. That's 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 <laughs> a very good that's good a good guess, guess though. Uh, Waka Flocka is a vegan. It was Waka Flocka. Okay, surprisingly, quite a few rappers are vegan, and Andre 3000 was who I was thinking of. So when I said ah. classic, I was ah. like, he would definitely, yeah. Well, good okay. way to okay. narrow it down. Waka Flocka. Low key, I know very little about Waka Flocka. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you need to know more. Okay, well, it's time it's time to study up. All right. Next actor, six. So you're you're two for five. Oh my god! Still, okay, still, here we go. still two left <laughs> on the board. Um, this Goodwill Hunting actor is married to fellow celeb vegan Summer Phoenix, Walking Phoenix's sister. He's a keen animal rights campaigner and vegan. His support stems from a childhood pet. Uh, he said, "quote The first dog I ever had was owned by an abusive cu couple. He was very skittish. He would let me hold him and explain that uh, because of how he was treated." Um, it made him realize that all living things need to be treated um, accordingly. So, he also loves Dunkin' Donuts, kid. <laughs> that's a, that's another hint. Would that be because he's a Bostonian, maybe? <laughs> just a quick hint, just a quick hint. Is it Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Can I see Matt Damon? Incorrect. Here's another hint. <laughs> Star. Is it, is it Ben Affleck? Ben. Can I see Ben Affleck? <laughs> Name one more. You're so close. One more. You're right. You're, You're almost so there. Close. <laughs> Who else is in that movie? Robin Williams? <laughs> oh, wait. Is it Ben Affleck's brother, Casey Affleck, the one that nobody really knows anything about? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so annoyed right now. What do you mean he's in an okay. Os he's in an Oscar nominated movie, Manchester by the Sea. Everyone knows him. <laughs> Whatever. Right, two Where are the A-list vegans? Okay, where are they? Those are the ones I know. Two really obscure ones, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. I thought all one community, peace, love, animals, you know. Okay, I can't complain. Alright, last one. Alright, here we go. Home stretch right here, the last one. Number, right, number seven, this person publicly announced that she became a vegan for ethical reasons and even has a section on her show's website dedicated to going vegan, where she promotes meatless Mondays. However, she quickly came under fire from her vegan fan base for not only working with cosmetic company CoverGirl, which tests on animals, but also for creating her shoe line, which includes genuine leather and genuine suede. Ooh, okay. And I have a good hint. But think yeah. it out first. Talk to me. Should I give him a hint? <laughs> sure. This is might be might give it away, but uh, her wife is also vegan. Ah, her wife is also vegan. Uh, okay. Is it Portia Portia? <laughs> Portia Portia. Can I see Portia Portia? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Who's that? Portia, 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 well, it's a degenerate, it's a rock, it's 
Sarasi, right? Poor Sarasi. It's DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. It's, Ellen, it's, wait, Ellen DeGeneres? It's Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Damn. Porsche, Porsche. <laughs> oh man, that was the yeah. That was the I'm doing my vegan friends dirty. I put I put the Whatever. easy one last. <laughs> uh, well, hey, if you if you were you were almost there for two of them, yeah. you you said the could have easily for been two four for seven. Yeah, you could have easily been yeah. four for seven. So we'll give you we'll give you a a three ish <laughs> out of seven. How about that? <laughs> Three and a half. It's a spectrum, like veganism, right? My yeah. score is a spectrum. So. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Cool. Uh, well, Ty, that, that's all the questions we have. I don't have any bonus ones, but um, three out of seven is pretty good. Maybe maybe brush up on your vegan celebrities. Yeah, that was a tough one. That's tough. I, I can get better. I can get better. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, any any parting thoughts for uh, anybody out there thinking about trying becoming vegan or any last tips? Well, study your celebs first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Uh, and by that, I mean have role models you can look up to because uh, it's always easy to look up to somebody and sort of have, you know, um, yeah, so you look up to participating in an activity that maybe you want to get into. Apart from that, um, take it slow, take it easy until you feel more comfortable. Don't try and jump in. And uh, there's lots of resources out there and lots of people happy to show you what you can eat and what you can do to help save the world and feel better about yourself. So, yeah. I love it. There it is. A nice little eco eco friendly save the world uh, bit on <laughs> you heard it here a second. We don't do that we don't do that yeah. too often, so yeah. it's, it's nice and refreshing. Exactly. Well, well thanks guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, well thanks for being on, Ty, and I'll I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, work tomorrow. Nice to meet you, Derek. You too. See you, Ty. <laughs> Take care. Later. In the fourth quarter, sports. So, first topic we have is uh, the 30 for 30 that we watched a couple of weeks ago, but we forgot to talk about it. I think it. we hiked it up we hiked in it one up episode. At some point, yeah. We talked about it when we saw the commercial. Um, but the 30 for 30 was, this was the XFL, um, which, you know, is a 30 for 30 that most people should watch. Uh, most uh, people would, everyone would should want to watch. watch. Everyone in the world should watch it. Yeah. Um, so, this was a highly anticipated 30 for 30. Everyone... The XFL was a phenomenon that people just wanted to relive a little bit because it was, you know, however many years ago, 15 years ago or something like that. And it was very short lived, but very uh, boisterous and um, uh, I guess, you know, just something you remember after a long time. So uh, what did you think of the 30 for 30 on I, the XFL? I loved this 30 for 30. I, I don't absolutely love the 30 for 30 series there's a lot of hit or miss ones i mean if they're great they're great mm -hmm. uh, and this was one of the best by far it was all about just how crazy successful they were at marketing it and how crazy unsuccessful they were at putting a product on the field yeah so it was really really interesting to see that happen from behind the scenes and it's kind of sad because there's a few moments, at least that's how they, they <clears throat> portray it, is there's a few moments that could have made the XFL a, yeah. a, a long-time thing if it wasn't for one or two. I guess one's a mishap, one one's a mistake, but it really is just a great tribute to the uh, one season of <laughs> XFL football. Yeah, <clears throat> They made everyone believe this was going to be some crazy <laughs> wrestling football hybrid, and it really was. Um, and I'll, I'll let you speak to it too, but it's very well done in how they they describe how it came to be. Yeah. They described how it went, and then they describe how it affected the NFL and and how yeah. how the NFL took pieces of the XFL and added it, and and how it kind of lives on 
from how we remember it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think there's um, what you said there about how it came to be and how the relations were with the NFL and all that stuff is my favorite part about the whole thing because there's there's a lot that you remember about the XFL. Like so, you go out, you walk up to a random person on the street, a sports fan today, and you say, "What do you remember about the XFL?" It's it's he hate me. You know, yes, that's that's the number one. I, I would be willing to bet if it was family feud style answer. That's the number one answer. It's the only answer. It's the only answer anyone gives. Um, in general, there's the there's the preposterousness of the whole thing, the cheerleaders that were very provocative and all this stuff. But nobody knows how like nobody remembers. And a lot of people never even probably knew in the first place kind of how it came to be and, and what all the behind the scenes were going on. And not just behind the scenes, but just like the underlying politics and, and business parts of it. And I thought that was really, it was very, very interesting to me because it really started from, you know, a very applicable and uh, just applicable and mainstream thing. It was when the NBC, it was when NBC lost the NFL to Fox and CBS to the, to the standard that we now have seen for the last 15 years of Fox having the NFC and CBS having the AFC. That has been in place for 15 years now since that happened yeah. or however many years it's been. Well, the, the sad thing is that it was you're right absolutely necessary and you can see that it, it was necessary for the fans too because of the initial showing yeah like when i think it shattered records it was like yeah, watch, it, was like, it was like watching the super bowl yeah the the opening day of the xfl yeah um and then steadily it the ratings kept dropping by half because mm -hmm. of poor product on the field or, or, or there was a blackout in one of the games so it, it's very very interesting to see that it could have been extremely yeah. successful yeah uh, if not for a few mistakes. I, and they say, like, if we didn't have that blackout for one of our best games, that second game of the season, people would have watched an overtime game. Or if we announced it two years before it came out, we'd have better more time coaches to, and better yeah. players and more time. Um, yeah. So it really was just, a, unfortunately, a bad product. But yeah. the way they put it together, and it's it's hyped up. It's the XFL. So it's yeah. the, the 30 for 30 is wild. There's, like, explosions <laughs> and there's there's... Yeah, but, but, all over but those are from the original, the original marketing yeah, exactly. material. You know, it's it's like it's it's hilarious that that was real. That was real life. That's what was airing on TV and for commercials the, for this. The thing. idea was that this was going to be not a pansy NFL, yeah. and this was back in the '90s when the when NFL, CTE yeah. wasn't a thing, and yeah. guys were basically headbutting each other to tackle yeah. them. Yeah. So now it's. I think the XFL would be successful today. Yeah. Or at least some form of it. I know it's it would be very controversial. There'd be too much backlash. Yeah. But. It, it, I think it would actually be more successful given yeah. people's view of the NFL now. No fun league. Yeah, and, and so I think um, I don't want to give away too many spoilers from it I mean, because not not that anything's really a spoiler because it's all just like history. But I mean, some of the things you know, you mentioned the blackout. I won't go into too much detail of it because it is interesting to see how it all goes down. You know, you know, like with the the A and the B game they have, they have a backup broadcast, but basically it's conflicting with Saturday Night Live. On NBC, which is NBC's true golden child in that era, and still probably and still to this day, really Saturday Night Live is is NBC's calling card, and so it's just v really interesting to see the dynamic at play there. Um, a lot of those factors you can point to and say that this might have been the downfall of the XFL, but for me, after watching that entire documentary, I think ultimately what it comes down to is that it, it was all such a great idea in theory, and like people were clinging to the, you know, people ate up the marketing and they were like, this would be awesome, but in reality. The guy, the players and coaches, like they talked about, that they get for the XFL are all guys that fell short of the NFL, and none of them want to just accept that. Hey, I'm not good enough for the NFL, so I'm going to go, like, talk smack and be this boisterous, like, yeah. ridiculous person. You know, they all want to play football. Like, they all want to actually win. And like, they didn't buy into the XFL, which was way more entertainment than football. Than football. They were still 
like they would get mad when the cameras were in their face yeah. and then they would try to win football games with like yeah. boring run plays and <laughs> yeah. stuff like, like and and Vince McMahon is like no yeah like punch someone in the face yeah. or or throw three Hail Marys in a row yeah. or just do something crazy yeah and then, and then you know just leading from that into the impact of you know the one maybe most subtle but lasting impact is all the broadcasting techniques that were used to raise entertainment value that 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 are the backbone of broadcasting now you know you know the yeah. things like the sky cam and that was being, my favorite being, part yeah like mike being mic'd up on the field and like all these different things that you see in a broadcast today when you turn on nfl network and see these like sound effects things where they have amazing like the entire game they have every player what he's what he's saying and the, like, the type of thing that we've said for years that we would love to see like as a live broadcast thing of like yeah. what the audio is on the field all of these things were, were sparked from the XFL, which is just hilarious. Um, that there was a football league that cared so much about having high entertainment value that it sparked all these innovations in technology to be able to, you know, broadcast that way for for the NFL. So yeah. it's just a very interesting documentary. I would say. In, in short, it, it does the XFL justice. Yeah. It's it. How long was it? An hour? Uh, I think it's an hour. It's probably. like an hour, yeah. hour and a half. It, it's yeah, actually, definitely yeah, it's, wor- it's hour, definitely yeah. worth the watch, just even to reminisce about the '90s. There's so many <laughs> yeah. '90s references and wrestlers and yeah, um, just. Very good, well put together. Uh, very, I, I highly recommend watching it e- yeah. if you're a football fan or if you just want to reminisce about the '90s. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that was the XFL. Uh, staying in football and with some uh, boisterous personalities, uh, the who Hall would, of Fame who would have done excellent. Who, who would have been great XFL players? Uh, Terrell Owens, in particular, uh, is one of them that would be. He doesn't make the Hall of Fame in the vote last week, uh, and you know, just just tying together two similar caliber players. Uh, Randy Moss is eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. So these are two guys that were uh, relatively loud personalities, sometimes controversial personalities. Uh, are one or both of these guys in the Hall of Fame in your ballot? Uh, T.O. Miss, missing it this yeah. year. Randy so, hasn't been on yet. My quick answer is uh, yes, obviously. It's a, it's a stupid thing that they're not. <laughs> yeah. uh, Randy Moss obviously hasn't been um, nominated yet, but T.O. should be in it. That's stupid. Uh, selfishly, it's fun to watch because I don't love To. I think he's yeah. he's a head case. He's just kind of annoying. He's he's yeah. better now that he's not in yeah. the league because now he yeah. just gets to rah rah about yeah. trying to get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but it's so stupid that these, I, I think it's the writers, right? The football writers who vote I or so. this committee, whatever. There's a committee including writers, including yeah. the media, and he spurned the media for years and years and years. And now they get to decide whether it goes in the Hall of Fame, and they're yeah. just kind of doing it, making up reasons. Like it's yeah. Terrell Owens. It's production. Like put him it in the Hall of Fame. Put, yeah. put every fringe player in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> like who who cares? Yeah. Like if you can remember their name, they're good enough for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like if if someone went back and said like, oh Mark Brunell, I'm like mm, yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I remember him. He's great. Yeah. So things like that, I don't bother me. It is fun to watch him because he really wants to be in the Hall of Fame, and he yeah. tells people he wants yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame. It's almost like the Joel Embiid get me to the yeah, All-Star, All-Star game. game. So yeah. he's like, he's trying to get people to vote for him for yeah. the Hall of Fame. He'll make it. They, they both will. Um, yeah. I think Randy Moss is probably a first ballot Randy Hall Moss of should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess it's, you know, we're not going to talk too much about it because th- this isn't a specific, uh, this isn't an issue specific to these two guys. This is in every sport with Hall of Fame players that had these type of personalities, yeah. these type of. Well, now it's like the Kurt Schilling thing. Uh, yeah. Does Kurt Schilling get Schilling, in Hall of Fame yeah. because he's of now he kind of a like, crazy person yeah. and burning bridges left and right? Yeah. So there is a character clause. Yeah. But it's kind of a gray area. Like, what does good character, bad yeah. character actually factor in? Right. So, right. I mean, and then Pete Rose isn't in. I mean, he bet as a coach, but yeah. not as a player. It's like there's so many stupid there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. old school voters who just won't say... 
this person was really good. They should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's it's true. And, and I think, um, you know, it, it's, it is interesting when you're talking about just behavioral things, though. Like, you're not talking about so, – so, yeah, so gambling and stuff. I guess there's, after, there, there's after some – After being yeah, yeah, I, I mean, in the league. Yeah, but there's, there's still some element of, like, okay, this is, like, kind of sleazy, I guess. You know, with T.O. and Randy Moss, it's just behavioral. It, it's not like – it's like not just Kobe it's, Bryant. It's is, just, he a, is he a Hall of Famer? Of, he, yeah, he of course. Sleazy. Of yeah. course. It's like how, how is – how much different is Kobe really than a guy like T.O. or Randy? Um, Randy, I think, is a little more subdued than T.O., I yeah. would say. And so I think I think Randy Moss will be first ballot. Um, but I don't know. It's just interesting, interesting little note there. Um, but I agree with you. Um, Moss should definitely be first ballot. I th- first ballot. I think T.O. will get in and should get in. Um, but it almost sometimes feels like the writers just leave these guys out for a year or two when they kind of have a grudge against them. Um, but eventually they will do it. The, the dangerous part about it is that you never know who's going to – like you don't know what, you know what the ballots are going to look like. You know the next the next couple ballots might be end stacked. up being stacked yeah. exactly, and then that that hurts a guy's chances. So it is annoying if guys are leaving off someone as a grudge, and then down the road they don't get in because of a stacked ballot. So um, we'll see there. But uh, that's it for football. Any, anything else for football? Football's over. So football's can, over. I miss it. We can move that's on. That's all I want to say. Um, so next on a on a sadder note, as we go to the NBA, uh, one quick. Um, Unfortunate note that Fab Mello, a former Syracuse basketball star uh, and a short-time member of the Boston Celtics, I don't know if he played for, if he actually made any other NBA rosters. He, he was in the D League for a few he years. I don't, I don't think he made any other rosters. Yeah, so uh, he passed away this weekend, I believe. Um, so a sad story there. Um, don't know much. I, I hadn't followed Fab Mello much at all. Yeah, he was playing um, in Brazil. I, I didn't read how he passed, but. Obviously, you hear the name Fab Mello, and you you think Syracuse yeah. basketball. He was a really really good player there. there. Kind of controversial. Controversial. Um, there was some academic stuff. Yeah. I think he had academic vi- or either academic failures or like violations. Like he shouldn't have been eligible. Things like that. Um, but the Boston Celtics uh, in that draft traded up for him. Had high hopes for him, and he didn't really pan out. Um, in fact, that that year the Celtics had gone for two big name uh, controversial players in Jared Sellinger and Fab Mello. Uh, the Celtics traded up for both of those guys. Very similar styles of play, um, too. Yeah, in college, in college. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, sad news there uh, for Fab Mello passing away. Uh, pretty young. I think he was probably 26, still in 26. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say he wasn't even 30 yet. Um, so, sad news there. Uh, across the NBA, you know, a couple storylines. Actually, I didn't mark this down, but we'll quickly mention Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Oh, um, this was so, great. So we can put that to bed as far as there not being an issue there because there's definitely an issue I there. I love there's <laughs> Good for Russell Westbrook because yeah. they were down like a bunch. They lost. It was, they not, a, it was yeah. not a great game. Yeah. But Russell Westbrook was in his grill yelling at people. He was angry. Yeah. And the fans were, came out. And yeah. it, it's like finally. That's what, finally what, something in the NBA is – is heated. I can you know? remember us talking about this when Kobe was retiring. The Kobe retirement tour. I said, you know, I've always rooted against Kobe because he's a Laker and I'm a Celtics fan. But I love like you. The, Kobe is great for the NBA because he's a, he's hate he's hated by everyone, and it, and it'll it'll talk smack and like that's the era of the NBA that the was. The NBA great. has no bad guys anymore. Yeah, and even Russell Westbrook's not a bad guy, but he at least is a fiery guy. Yeah. So th- this rivalry is so yeah. good for basketball. And, and what is the. <laughs> And the best part about this, and and we we always talk about All Star games. This might be what actually makes me watch some of the All Star games. Is that Russell Westbrook is going to be on the floor with four Warriors in the All Star game? <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to happen. 
Um, and he's not going to pass. And he's not going to pass the ball to any one of them if, if he gets his hands on it. And that is just going to be the best to watch. He's going to get a rebound and truck down the court and yeah, not pass the ball. Yeah, uh, that is going to be so. That's going to be so great because Steve Kerr has already said that he plans to put his four Warriors together at some point. And it's just going to be so funny if Westbrook's the fifth guy on the floor in that situation. Um, either way, the dynamic is going to be interesting because he hates Kevin Durant. Like Durant continues to downplay this and say that there's no issue there, but and Kevin Durant's kind of pushing back a tiny bit. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's a really quiet, reserved guy. Right, wants right. to be loved. But when he came back, he's like, honestly, I thought the booze would be louder. He's like, he's <laughs> yeah. kind of like trolling yeah. him a bit. Yeah, yeah. To I mean, certainly, yeah. It, it's he has no real choice at this point because they're you know the booze just. Nothing but booze for a guy that was like their superstar for so long. Nothing but booze, and then just Westbrook, the way how with how competitive he is, you know, it's now undeniable how badly he wants to take yeah. down Durant. The and funny so it's thing just, is, I heard today on Mike and Mike that my it was one of the mics I can't remember who, but they said they think the Thunder would be the worst team in the NBA if they didn't have Russell Westbrook, <laughs> which is I mean, maybe true. Might could be true at this point. I, I mean, the fact that they're still not up higher in the standings with the year that Westbrook's having is yeah. like. I mean, you could make the argument that Westbrook is is over controlling things. People have made that argument before, but I'm not sure I buy that. I mean, he's he's you just watch him play and, he, and it's unbelievable. So, either way, it's just the competitiveness there is is unbelievable. So and it's great to see a guy like that. that. That's going to be fun to watch. If they and can, hopefully they they can make the playoffs and meet yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. If not, um, at least yeah that kind of hatred growing yeah. over the next year or two yeah. is going to be really good I, I, they don't have a shot in a playoff series against them but it would be nice to see it anyway it, it would be great uh entertainment wise um so a couple of topics just quickly nba trade deadline is coming up which is big news a uh, couple questions for you first of all lots of rumors about carmelo anthony some rumors about cleveland going for carmelo which i think would be a big mistake Stupid. we've talked about um, that. that's not would you happen. trade for carmelo not just if you're cleveland but in, in general would you give up a lot for carmelo anthony as the orlando magic yes you would i would as want a, a carmelo anthony <laughs> orlando magic jersey <laughs> so bad we would not be good it would, he would not make our team better i mean he'd make our team better but yeah entertainment entertainment value yeah. i want him on my team so that my team is semi-relevant to america again <laughs> Um, other than that, if you're a good team competing, yeah. I, I don't think he brings yeah. much. I mean, defense is worth – if you're a good team that's competing, you already have the offensive pieces, or at least you need, like, a, a very specific skill player. Mm-hmm. You don't need an an aging offensive yeah. stud who doesn't play defense. Who, and doesn't really pass very much either. So, exactly. I, yeah. I can't think of a team – maybe Dallas, like some something like that yeah. who's who could use just points. That's yeah. it. They have yeah. a decent defense. But honestly yeah. – I wouldn't trade for him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't either. And I, I think the, I think the rumors are silly of Cleveland trading Kevin Love for him. It's like, like that makes no sense That's at all. Stupid. Um. So anyway, just curious about that. Uh, related to the Magic, there's a growing sense now that the Magic will trade Serge Ibaka before the deadline, which has to have you shaking your head as a Magic fan. I um, mean, not not necessarily that you want to keep Ibaka, but just in the last yeah, eight months, so, like what's happened here. Yeah. I, we won't talk too much about the Magic because, like I said, no one really cares about the Magic, but. <laughs> Serge Ibaka is by far our best player. He We traded him for Victor Oladipo, who is a great young player who we yeah. should have kept. I, I don't really know what we're doing. So yeah. I'm kind of on board to trade Ibaka. I don't think he's a person you build around. Yeah. But I kind of want to know at least what the idea is. Yes. Like, was this the plan? Right. Yeah, like, well, get Ibaka, it, right. hope that's... he has a good year, then yeah. dro- drop him for someone else. I don't yeah. know. So it, it just seems kind of disjointed that's the confusing from the, part yeah exactly from the from the gm level so i don't know well if, if they trade him I, i'm kind of all for it because 
we need to rebuild. Yeah, you need to reset, exactly. Uh, but I just don't know how to do that, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Um, so that's that. Um, last topic here I, I put down. We don't have to really talk about it much, but just a, a note that I caught uh, over the weekend. The Nuggets um, traded um, – their uh, their big man, I forget his uh, Nusef uh, something. I forget his name. He's he's a like Croatian big man or yeah. something. Having a really good year. He's like, a really good player. And they traded him and a first round pick from uh, for Plumley on the the uh, Trailblazers. One which of the Plumleys. They just overpaid ridiculously for Plumley. <laughs> like that. That's just the only storyline here is that the Plumleys aren't really very good. They grow on trees. <laughs> yeah, they, Why do you want them? Exactly. So uh, just a weird side note. A couple weird trades. The same thing uh, uh, today. Actually, the Hornets took uh, Birdman from the Cavs. Love it. And they already announced that they're waiving him as soon as the trade approves. Why? So the only purpose of the trade was to relieve some cap space for Cleveland, which is like, why? Like, Wait, what? Like, so, so the Hornets traded so the Hornets traded a second-round pick to the Cavs for Birdman. And then they immediately and dropped And they're Birdman. waiving him as soon as the trade is approved. And the second-round pick that they traded to Cleveland is top 55 protected. <laughs> There's so only 60 where, picks. Where did the Hornets get out of it? Basic, nothing. Neither team gets anything except Cleveland gets cap relief, which makes me wonder, like, what, like, how, how does a trade like this even happen? Like, why are you just helping a contending team clear cap space to try to go make a complimentary move? Interesting. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's, this is like this is weird. like we were talking about whether the, anybody should trade with the Patriots, right? It's the same thing. Like, why are you trading with a team that is way better than you? And, and you not even trading. Why are you yeah. just helping them? You're just and, helping yeah. them. Exactly. So I need. I might need to do a little research. I'll come back with it next week. But from the on the surface, when I looked at the trade, it was simply just relieving some cap space for Cleveland to go make There's a trade. There's got to be some some yeah. like futures built in there somewhere. Yeah, there might be. But e- even so, it's so minor that it's like, why are you helping a, a, a perennial contender? I hope that, the Magic you know? get Birdman so bad. <laughs> I love Chris Birdman Anderson. He was like caught for level three drugs yeah. <laughs> at one point in his career which is like horse tranquilizers he yeah. like was suspended from the league for <laughs> for like yeah. drugs that no one touches <laughs> he's such a crazy person um so it, it, I just uh real quick i just did a quick google search and it looks like they're uh Charlotte got some cash in the trade. Oh, that's good. So, that's huge. So, that, got some so cash. that's that. They got a little bit of cash. They got some walking around money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so uh, the Charlotte Hornets players now are going to get some better meals the rest of the season. They got some more money. Um, so that's good news for them. So It's all about cash, so I respect that. <laughs> Anything else for sports? That's it for me on sports. All right. Time for the final drive. Keeping it under an hour. Go. All right. So... Uh, the U.S. Department of Education had a terrible week, just two terrible back-to-back tweets. Um, they said education must not simply teach work, it must teach life, a quote by W.E.B. Du Bois, but they spelled his name wrong. The U.S. Ooh. Department of Education spelled his name wrong. They followed it right up with, our deepest apologizes for the earlier oh, typo. Um, just a terrible, terrible week. Oh. Um, not a good sign, not a good start for Betsy DeVos. Uh, people made that connection, but... Um, just two very funny tweets by the U.S. Department of Education. Yikes. That is a bad, bad luck. That's it. Uh, my final drive, quick one. Uh, Claude Julien, Bruins, winning as coach in their franchise history, was fired over uh, last week uh, by the Bruins. Uh, similar to the Terry Francona situation, I feel, it was just it just came time when it was time to make a change. He's one of the best coaches they've ever had, uh, but it was time to go. And since then, Bruce Cassidy, the interim coach, uh, is making a case to keep his job for a little bit. Bruins are 3-0. and uh, since Cassidy took over, a much more offensive flair to their game. So, uh, been exciting to watch, and we'll see if it continues. The Bruins need to do a lot of work to make the playoffs, but 
uh, a tribute to Claude Julien, one of the best coaches they've ever had, uh, despite having some rough success over the last uh, three years. So that's that. That's that. Killed it. Killed it. Later so, days. Uh, <laughs> later. See you guys for episode 54. Bye. Bye.